0: VinePair's Pair's New York City headquarters. I'm Adam Teeter, And
1: I'm Joanna Sherino.
0: And this is the VinePair Pair Podcast. Minus Zach today, which is, you know, a bummer, but <laughs> shit happens. Uh, he's going to edit this though. So what's up, Zach? Um, and today we are excited to be talking about a conference that VinePair Pair has been a supporter of for a few years now, the Bar and Restaurant Expo. And we I'm really excited to have Michael Tips on, who is an advisory board member, uh, also a bar and restaurant veteran for a number of years, and you own a consulting uh, company called Maverick Theory. Also happens to be good friends with one of my good friends, Dave Foss, who mm-hmm. Joanna knows. Uh, so, Michael, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh man, this is great! Thanks for having me on, and thanks for mentioning David Foss. He, uh, he, needs, some, he needs some love in the media, you know. Oh, oh yeah, he needs a lot. of Oh, love we in love the Dave. Media. Yeah, come on,
0: uh, Dave's the best. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this, uh, this expo. I mean, is it an expo? Is it a conference? Like what is bar and restaurant
2: expo? So what is bar and restaurant expo? So really it's, it's kind of a blend of both to be honest with you. And as somebody who's been in the business for a long time, uh, just to clarify that, meaning I've actually washed dishes, been behind the bar and took orders and then became a manager and an owner. And what that really means to be in the business, it really has something for everybody. So you have a whole education track and then you have the expo floor, which of course is vendors selling everything from a new POS you know system, breaking everything down to security software, to new wine products, to new beverage products across the board. So there's really, it's kind of a candy shop for bar owners and anyone in a position of purchasing, but on the educational level, Like they went, they being bar and restaurant expo, we basically went from being the nightclub and bar show for many years. This is the Mm -hmm. 38th year of the show.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't Uh, realize that.
2: Yeah. And I think there was a long time ago where it it became really felt like more of a party. And I think that the, (laughs) the founders of the show really felt like it was, you know, it wasn't the direction they wanted to go in. So they said, let's change it to restaurant and bar bar and restaurant, excuse me. And they really wanted to push the education because they saw that this is the wild West in this industry, it's a vagabond industry, and there's very few standards. And they really, really wanted to push having the right standards of becoming one. So they brought in a great advisory board. And I'm not saying that because I'm on it. They got some <laughs> great. They, they got <laughs> yeah. some. They got some pretty badass, iconic, legendary guys on there and women. And um, they really wanted to balance. So their their biggest priority is education and making sure that people are learning the right things and getting a lot from coming there.
1: And how many how many vendors uh, do you typically have?
2: Typically, it's a few hundred. I mean, this year is really cool. Like, last year they did something. Last year they had, um, I think it was, they expanded it this year. Yeah, last year they had a Japanese food and beverage showcase with 50 vendors. And this year they have 60. It was one of the coolest things I'd seen because it was almost like, this is going to sound fucking terrible, but you you know when you go to Epcot, and they have go around the world, and you see all the different worlds. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like that for grownups and and operators. Like it's cool to walk into Japan in a sense and see how they operate with their vendors. So there's a lot of really cool similarities and a lot of like mind expanding stuff you can look at, which I loved. And the Epcot analogy is terrible, so I apologize. <laughs> I, I, I apologize, but I, it's the only I get visual I could think of. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, essentially, I would say easily a few hundred, uh, and you know. It it really is – it's fascinating to watch how they pair everybody together, too. They try to make sure that all the vendors are complementary of each other so you're in sections. And the operators, bar owners, bar managers, investors, anybody who's there in the hospitality world can have something they can connect with or some sort of strategic advantage for being there.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. So who are you attracting? Who Who is coming to the show?
2: What a great question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, yeah, so – no. Yeah. I mean, look, it's I think it's different than like, say, a tails or something that feels like, you know, when I grew up in like the 90s, and, you know, it was like bartenders bash. And then I grew into tails separately in a different conference, obviously a different show. But this idea of like kind of the in the in crowd of the industry, this is a mixture of all of it. What I mean by that is if you're an investor and you want to open a restaurant in a hotel, if you're a bar manager and you run a sports bar. If you're a craft person and you want to do a new cocktail program and you want you know, to deal with certain elements of ice programs or glassware, um, if you're a SOM and you're looking for how to figure out how to integrate wine programs into the bar scene, which is typically very bastardized and underutilized in the industry, you can go there and get the information you need to get and figure out what's going on in the industry. So I think on that level, right, I mean, it's definitely something where I don't think it really has any limits. I think you could be a bar back and get something out of it. Mm hmm. But, but it definitely, I would say, it's broken up into people who really already you know currently own bars and restaurants and people who want to own bars and restaurants.
0: Just picking up on what you're saying, I mean, what I've always found about some of these other conferences is the ones that we've already mentioned, one that happens here in New York City is they kind of – they can become sort of not just insider industry conferences where the only thing anyone is interested in is like the most obscure thing possible, but also <laughs> sort of – I call them – bartender sama appreciation conferences meaning like they're kind of just big parties <laughs> yeah. right it's yeah. like you know it's it's not you're not going there in the same way to sort of learn about the current industry industry trends so but what i think i'm i'm learning i'm hearing from you is that you could do that there. And, and one of the things I want to pose to you is that one of the biggest topics we've had over the last year uh, on this podcast is – and we hear this from a lot of our listeners who are owners and operators – is sort of like how wine is fucked right now, right? It's just yeah. completely losing to cocktails um, and no one seeming to have an answer as to how to fix that. And so – I'm wondering, could you give me a pitch as to why you, if you had that issue, you would go to this conference and learn maybe some solutions for fixing this idea that wine is fucked and you don't know how to compete against cocktails.
2: This is really good. So you get to challenge my consulting ability and me yeah, let's talking go. about how let's much go. I love this show. This is good. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's rock and roll. Let's do it. So, well, first off, I would figure, I would try to figure out like, you know, you know this already, you know, it's where, where's the core problem? What's the core issue? So typically what that ends up being is a value proposition with the owners. I mean, the owners look at it and go, yeah, I have to have wine. So as an example, and I I talked to David Foss a lot about this, and Dave's a psalm for you you who don't know. Um, Very approachable psalm. And, you know, I think that the first thing would be in the show you can go identify core problems in the industry. And I think one of the problems is that people find niche things like wine or a certain type of craft beer and they don't really know a lot about it. They don't know how to value engineer it. They don't know how to advertise it. But that's not to say they do. This. They can't do that with hamburgers either. So mm-hmm. I, I start. There, there's a there's a parallel in all the problems. Typically, you'll find that the bars and restaurants that do have good, whether it's a respectable wine program, for an example, or it sells. Most importantly, right? That's the key. A lot of the people who do that really well also know how to sell hamburgers and steaks. Sure. So mm-hmm. typically, it becomes how do I look at something and how do I market it. How do, I, how do I create a value around it and a perception of it? So that's what you're able to do with the show. You're able to see not only what's trending, but what's not working and why. But I think that like bringing it back to what you talked about with you know, being sort of an appreciation day for bartenders and barbacks and craft people at certain shows you know, or operators even, the difference is I think there's a, a shared experience here of not only the struggle but the solution. That's where you Hmm. find it at the show is that you go, wait a second, this guy, I own a wine bar in New York. This guy owns a sports bar in Indianapolis and we have the same fucking problem. Hmm. But, but he has it with his product and I have it with mine and I'm, we both have the same core issue. Our guests don't see the value in what we're doing enough to take a risk. Hmm. So, so I feel like that's what the show is able to do. So I feel like it, it helps you think outside of the box a little bit. And that's also, I mean, yeah, obviously it's partly, you know, the way I see things too, because, you know, that's why I have a company called Maverick Theory, right? So it's, it's trying to figure that sort of stuff out, but I think that you need a leading cause I think we all go there with our myopic views of what our problem is. So, you know, me and Dave talk about that a lot. Ironically, Adam, with the, with the wine elements and you're spot on, I think that for us, we're looking at it saying, what is it we're not seeing about the average, average meaning garden variety, bar owner or restaurant owner that they don't get the value in wine and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't necessarily know how to sell the story of wine they're not sto- they're not storytellers and that's what wine great wine is it's a story so you know i think that that like right now in advertising on our company we're working at teaching people how to advertise bars more like a movie or a cologne line instead of just putting pictures of food out <laughs> so so that would be my long-winded short answer i hope that suffices that's good. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, that
1: was good. I, I want to talk about the education component that you mentioned earlier. Um, how so? So for the programming that you have at the expo, how do you come up with what that is and and what trends it kind of focuses on?
2: Sure. I mean, that's a that's a you know that's a great question because one of the things that we do is it's very important to us to have the credibility, and you'll notice a lot. Let's just be real. At a lot of shows, people pay to speak. Yeah. Right. And people get up and they're always selling something. And that's what sucks about all, all the shows have this in common. And and, and Quest X and Bar and Restaurant have made a big effort. That was part of bringing on a new board and bringing in new members a few years ago was to say, listen, our speakers got to be credible. Like they can't we can't talk about like sales strategies and they get up and they sell a POS system after an hour. Right. Lecture. Yeah. You know, so we come up with it by basically using every element of research we can all the data they can collect on. They're really good at this. The show is very good at collecting all the reasons why the people go there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. We strategize every year after the show to come up with the track for the next year. And they have a whole team dedicated just to that education track. So, you know, this one's about maximizing profitability, you know, right. And, and that's, the like the theme, going, right? that's the deal. Yeah. And we're going through quite a bit. So, you know, that's what everyone's struggling with was in, with inflation. And, and recognizing what everyone thinks what they're doing is not working. And a lot of it's price point or the reason why people are going out or fast service versus sit down and, and all that. So, you know, I would say when it comes to, I think we want to make sure we hit all fronts as a show. We want to make sure that we're really addressing everything down to, you know, how you most efficiently, you know, put your kitchen line together to maximize your efficiency and, and what equipment you should get based on price point and functionality versus just who's sponsoring the show right so they're really great about about breaking that down and being credible in regards to their approach about how they're positioning themselves as a show to show products to people um which is very important to us as as you know as the show but also the board members we care a lot about that and and luckily Questex you know cares about the integrity of the show so what does a typical
0: day at the show look like for someone from the basically morning to night cuz it's it's a it's a, base, it's a two and a half day show right like a sunday to uh end of day tuesday right
2: or a sunday to a wednesday morning it's a yeah it's a monday to a wednesday so the monday first day wednesday. is typically there's no there's only basically the education track that's open and okay. everyone's going to it's, that's like the day that you get serious about learning shit
0: okay <laughs> so okay i'm speaking on a tuesday so you're saying no one's going to come to my session <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. oh yeah no oh
2: yeah yeah, adam's there it's, it's just gonna it's just gonna be it'll be it'll be me in there with like a thing of popcorn in the back i but, love um, it yeah yeah. No, no. You, you, it, Tuesday is great too. I think it's just different. Like I've had to speak a lot on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Monday is a different crowd. It's like people coming there saying, okay, a lot, a lot of new timers come on Monday. Okay, People who are like, I'm really interested in being really in the eager. business. Yeah. Yeah. And this ties into your last question about, about the track itself and how we do it is we want to make sure that it makes sense for the attendees. So that way they're not example you don't have somebody who's a master psalm going to how do i make a profit on the business right like that's not you don't don't want to mix up all the education so they're good at pairing it so you can have Hmm. groups where it's like okay i want to be in the bar business what does that mean um right that's been that's been one of our biggest educational challenges where like you said it's not an inside club you know it's not it's not a it's not a show where everyone's already an expert and they're going there to to you know Sorry, I'm trying hang, to, hang out trying with to, each so, other. Yeah, I'm trying to live with my cursing right now, so sorry. It's <laughs> um, fine. It's okay. We're, we, we're an NSFW show. It's fine. You can, you can <laughs> okay, curse. can curse all the time. Yeah, i mean, going yelled
0: at for saying fuck,
2: but it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, look, I just okay, fair enough, because I just want to be, I want to be nice here. Because the truth is, it's like you know, I, I have, I have a great, you know, history. You know, I'm a dinosaur, but I have a great history in the cocktail world, and you know, and it's like I got, I got to work with legends at Milk and Honey and all that whole era of guys coming up, and I was luckily enough to learn from a lot of those dudes. But I mean, but when they all get together, it's like a bunch of fucking dorks at a Star Trek convention, you know. <laughs> And, you know, it's like it's, it's the, old, like, the old Shatner joke. You want to look at him and go, guys, I love the fact that you can spend 14 hours making a Sazerac. But have you ever kissed a girl? You know, what I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's like so. so there's a, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that, there's that whole element to it. So I think with this show, our goal is how do you how do you get somebody on stage who's a quote expert, a deemed expert and make them approachable? It takes a right. lot of balls. It takes a lot of balls to come to a trade show having not knowing. So let me start over. I apologize. So think about this. We have two attendees. Right, we have an attendee who's like owns two restaurants and has gotten a write up in the New York Times, and they're coming to the show because they want to learn about X, Y, and Z. Then you've got the person who's like, "Hey, I've got eight hundred grand I want to spend, and I want to open my own bar, but I've never worked in one in my whole life," and they're coming to the same show. Right. So we've done our best as a group, and Questex has just crushed it in this way to go. Okay, there's a place for all of you. Right. Like, there's a place for you to go to learn about basic profitability and about your margins on food and drinks and labor. And understand how to actually run a business outside of you having a, a career, and then there's tracks that are set up for people who really know their shit, who are like, "Hey, I really want to. I want to take a stab in this direction. Right? I'm already successful, but I want to figure out how to do better social media marketing and geofencing fencing and things like that." So, you know, I think that we've done a good job, and we still have a lot to learn, and we're getting better as a show. But I think that the one thing I like about being involved and I like being a board member is they're always hungry and. They're, like I said, not to beat a dead horse, but their biggest thing is always we want to remain credible. We don't want to just fill things out like a shopping mall and tell everybody that we're the best place.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, how, how, how much does being in Las Vegas play into... That was my question. Oh, yeah? yeah? There you go. Why Vegas? Yeah, why Vegas?
2: Well, you know, we've had this conversation on why Vegas and the bar and restaurant. So I think, look, let's be real. Because I think to take a risk on anything you're interested in on in any trade show in America whether it's, hey, I want to do a thing, you know, I want to be a, on a trade show on breakdancing or finance. <laughs> you want a reason to go that after hours, it was worth it. And I think mm. it makes sense. And I, I think that, you know, there's there's been talks about, of course, there's always people want, want to know about other locations. But I think it's just easy to get in, easy to get out. And I think the value is there for your guests. And it's just fun. I mean, even going there as a speaker, mm. it's just fun to go to Vegas once a year and also be in that environment. It's also fun to be able to go to, To avoid to go to the strip, but also avoid the strip and go to some of the small mom and pops (laughs) in Vegas that are fun, you know, that are good spots. But that's the main reason. I think it's just it's not so much the ooze and ahs of Vegas. I think it's just practical and I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's it's I mean let's be let's be real. It's a lot of people are like they tell the husband or the wife, I gotta go to a work conference and they're in Vegas. That's a big plus. And it's bar (laughs) restaurant, so it should be somewhere fun. And I always think about this, right? Should we go to New York? Should we go to LA? Should we go here? And I, you know, not, not even the show, just other shows in general, When mm-hmm. I've talked to other, other uh, board members and there's always just like, yeah, but that's a certain kind of experience. Right. Right. Like you, right. you do a bar show in Detroit. That's a very t- type of experience that people do want or they don't want. And I think it can limit your audience. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
0: So where do you like to go when you're in Vegas?
2: Tell tell me some of the spots. Are you, are you guys laughing? Cause I hear you laughing. So oh, yeah. Well, you should, because the truth is my answer is I'm a big fucking goose egg. When I go there, I don't do anything <laughs> because I'm so fried from the show that I typically mean Brian Duffy, who's a, who's a, a tremendous chef, who mm-hmm. I, had the pleasure of, I had the pleasure of doing Bar Rescue with for a couple of years. He, he's a uh, board member as well. And he always goes out and fucking parties his ass off. And he speaks <laughs> a lot at the show. And everyone does. But by, I always, it's that thing, you know, you know, everyone, it's the same story. Everyone goes to Vegas. he plays some Sinatra. You get really happy, you get excited, you get a few drinks, and then you want to go to bed. Yeah. So th- that's, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm like, I'm like the worst guy to ask that question to. I'm pretty much like, I'm a fucking old man when I'm there.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, so if you had like the the quick elevator pitches to some anyone who's just somewhat considering, we're about two months away from
2: the show, why yeah. they should go, what would that pitch be? Let me work on this one. Now. On. Okay. So, first of all, let me just, I should have prefaced this. You got you to mention this somewhere in there. That I don't pre- completely represent the show. I'm just an ad board member. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> Throw that in there somewhere and make me look funny. Because I want to make sure that I'm not, like, you know, the legal representation of the show. You are not. No, no, no It's very <laughs> clear. That. This is actually a very... Pitching the show and why anybody should go is very simple based on one thing. That you have a love for hospitality and self-improvement. That's the reason you should go to the show. If you want to go there, one, you can find things you didn't know were possible for yourself. Two, you're going to be smarter by time you leave. Uh, smarter meaning based on what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And three, I think you're going to feel like you're not the lone ranger. I, I think that this business can be very isolating. I think people get into mm-hmm. it because we all know that bars and restaurants really are social hubs. They're, they're, they're space that is an excuse. Like I always say, food and beverage is a device to build relationships. But the space is there, and that's what people want to get into. So when they get into a space for the first time where they've run one for many years, it can be very isolating. So it's nice to be in, in groups of people of the, by the thousands where you realize that you're not the Lone Ranger. We all have similar problems regardless of what level we're at, and we get to come up with solutions collectively with great speakers and great you know, innovative companies.
0: That's a great pitch, actually. And, yeah. and we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are operators, uh, and we hear from them quite regularly. We also have a lot of people who are connected to brands, et cetera, um, but I think what I like about this show is, um, and what, like I said at the very beginning, got us interested in being a part of it um, from you know four or five years ago when when we reached out to it through, and then I got to meet Dave, uh, is basically that it is it is something that I don't think exists at the other shows, which is it is a, a place for people who want to gain knowledge uh, and really want to get better at. What they're doing, right? Um, you're not just there to h- see what the cool kids are doing in, uh, you know, my neighborhood of Fort Greene, Brooklyn, which is just like basically the natty wine capital of America right now, uh,
2: right? You know, <laughs>
0: right? A- and then and then assume that that's going to work in Auburn, Alabama, where I'm from, right. right? You're actually there to learn from all of the different markets, understand what's working for everybody, uh, and to get to know other people in the industry and to you know, then go back and make your business great wherever that business may be, right? And not just assume, well, if it's cool in Brooklyn, then it must work here. That's because that's not always the case, right? We know that. What's cool in Brooklyn may be cool in San Francisco, but may not be cool in Auburn.
1: Right. And I think that, that this expo seems to, to draw people from across the country right. in a way that, um, you know, something, something like one locally might not do the same.
2: Yeah. Well, look, that's awesome. And I think that's probably the biggest like elephant in the room or elephant in the country, Because when you look at the industry, it's like 95% of it's middle America. The other 5% is like L.A., New York, Dallas, Miami, and San Fran. You know, like, it's not even, it's it's why Cheesecake is Cheesecake Factory. They're not coming to the show, but they dominate the market, right? Right. So, like you said, New York City is a, I always say New York City isn't a different city. It's a different fucking planet. Yeah, You know, it's the the mecca of hospitality by far. You know, I, I was able to cut my teeth there and learn from a lot of people that were a lot smarter and, you know, more mature than I was when I was there. Um, But I was very, very lucky to work with the people that I did. But what I learned, the dangerous part about me for New York was that the problem with me being in New York for over eight, nine years was that you start thinking that the rest of the world is like New York and on a food and beverage level, it's just an anomaly. It's just incredible what you can experience there and how the world, the city has built itself and the history there. So, but when you think about that in comparison to like, okay, I love New York, but why is New York the Mecca? If you're able to learn a lot of the stuff we do in New York, how we do things, how we look at service and hospitality and transfer that to a middle American market while keeping your prices in check, keeping them relative to the market with an elevated experience, you can crush it. But you have to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And everything yeah. gets lost. Everything gets lost in the how. So, you know, that's what so I think there it is. There's my elevator pitch if you the how you can find the how in fucking Las Vegas. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it. Michael, thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. This was really, really interesting. And I, I hope for those listening, clearly made the case for why you should attend this conference.
1: Yes, it's it's uh, March 18th through 20th uh, for those interested.
0: Right, and you can get more info by just searching uh, Bar and Restaurant Expo, and you will find all the information you need.
2: I really appreciate you having me on. It was fun. And I'm a, I'm a big fan, Adam. I've obviously heard about you for many years. And uh, fine pairs pretty uh, pretty amazing so it's really cool to be on this i appreciate it
0: thank you very much
1: thank you michael
0: thanks so much for listening to the vine pair podcast the flagship podcast of the vine pair podcast network if you love listening to this show or even if you don't but i really hope that you do as much as we really do love making it then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast whether that be itunes spotify stitcher anywhere if you are listening to this on a device right now through an app however you got this audio please drop a review it really helps everyone else discover the show and now for some totally awesome credits so the vine Bear podcast is recorded in our new york city headquarters and in seattle washington in Zach Chabal's basement it is recorded by zach mastered and produced by zach he loves all the credit keep giving it to him drop his name in the reviews he's gonna love hearing how much you love him it is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair podcast network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor in chief, Joanna Shirino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire Vine Pair staff and everyone who's been involved in making Vine Pair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.